Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this is Song versus Song. And uh, we got a big one today. Two of the biggest songs of the decade we never gave a name to. The, two, the, the Zero Zeros. The Naughties. No, we definitely didn't call it that. Some people did. They were wrong. They failed. Wow. We're not doing that. But yeah, we are doing Outcast. Hey Ya versus Gnarls Barkley's Crazy. Yes, it's uh, we're going to answer two of the greatest questions ever put to humankind. What's cooler than being cool? Oh, geez, I don't know. And uh, does that make me crazy? <laughs> we've got, we've, we've got, bless your soul. We've got some potential answers. Ice cold. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. E e e. But okay. will, will those answers maintain over a decade later? Let's find out. Okay. Yeah. So the last time we talked. Uh, we didn't reveal. This is like the new, our new system where we don't tell people what we're going to side with. And we didn't tell each other. That's true, we didn't. So this is going to be very exciting to see uh, how things go. What was your gut before you did any research, before you did anything at all? The first song that popped in your head when this question was put to you by yourself, mm-hmm. what was your well, we immediate came up with this together. But- we did. Well, we went through a couple of different permutations before we landed on this. Yeah. Uh, I gotta be honest. My gut says uh, crazy, and my gut says, "Hey, yeah." That was where that was the first thing I thought, and there was no hesitation in my mind in that moment. Well, you know, all right now, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you pick "Hey, yeah"? So, all right. So, the actual answer to that question is that um, I don't have any comparatively no strong memories of "Crazy" being released great song but i don't remember you know it's it's not one of those situations where you say i know where i was i know what i was drinking i know what i was wearing i know if i was doing a number one or a number two at the time <laughs> uh i don't really have any of that information in my head mm-hmm. but uh i remember hearing hey uh, for the first time and it felt like the earth stopped <laughs> truly i thought there, you know, it was a cat like 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 a catalyst moment. There was the music yeah. prior to that song existing, and then music after it existed. I felt like it was a real turning point, and whether or not it it was or wasn't is a thing we can talk about. But I remember hearing it and feeling like this was a big deal, mm-hmm. and I did not feel that way about Crazy when it came out. I just thought the song is very smooth. No, I absolutely remember the exact same thing. It was hey ya. Uh, was like a you know it was like a premiere event like you went to go see it on opening night that kind of thing versus crazy it was like like and i remember everyone agreeing wow that crazy is a great song but it wasn't like an earth shatterer like i I wonder and we'll get into this as as we sort of talk about this if perhaps this is a regional thing weirdly uh because crazy was a uk hit before, oh yeah, that's right. So I wonder if, if you know, if we asked, uh, uh, you know, an H bomber guy or a philosopher tube or you know any of the other of the, the Brits we know, yeah, which of these two songs had the the bigger meteoric rise, had the, the bigger uh, impact on them upon their release? Perhaps Crazy would be the answer. I you know I wonder if they were you know the, I'm not sure how known either of uh, the two members of Gnarls Barkley were at the time. 
They were new-ish for us. Yeah, and I don't really know that they were known at all in the UK. Uh, what I think is interesting about it, though, a kind of irony uh, in the actual irony sense and not in the Alanis Morissette type, mm-hmm. uh, is that the, uh, the, the video for Hey Ya, the whole concept was Andre 3000 has come to Britain uh-huh. reverse Beatles style <laughs> and you know, yeah, and goes yeah. on to whatever Ryan Philippe's, uh, you know, version of a talk show is supposed I to be. I totally missed that was Ryan Philippe. Yeah, yeah, but it is, and yeah. So the whole idea was that it was supposed to be the the inverse of the, of the Beatles coming um, to American shores and the beginning of Beatlemania. That's why the you know, I mean, I'm not telling people things that they probably don't already know, but just in case, that was that was the gist. And in actual fact. Um, it was Norris Barkley that had kind of had this huge, huge, massive, insane success. Pardon me, not a, not a word we use anymore, but he used to have massive success mm-hmm. uh, in the UK because the the song got leaked. Uh, I think like a week early or something like that, and then just it just blew up and blew up so big that they actually took the music off the charts or something, or said stop playing it. Yeah, and it, you know it was certainly a gigantic hit here, also, even though it never hit number one in America. But it was like no, it was only number it, two. It was a like an old town road type sensation over there, you know. And certainly, crazy is a good song. I, I can't going over the moon for it like that because it's a you know it's a solid pop song. You know, it's a good song. It's a well constructed song. It wasn't an event like Hey Ya uh, was. Although, you know, I was doing research. I did not, like, when we workshopped this whole concept, song versus song together, we were looking for something to put hey against. Yep. Uh, my original idea was, uh, when I was doing this just for fun back years ago, I would always put it up against the Ignition remix. And, of course, we're not touching that one. That's radioactive now. It is but, not a song that you, uh, yeah, nope. Yeah. And uh, your idea was uh, Feel Good Inc., I think that was what, yeah, I think that was how we were going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what? and then we kind of hit on crazy together. And that's like, those feel like two of a kind as far as I'm concerned. These are very, came about very similarly. In fact, Andre 3000 and, and CeeLo Green were like compatriots back in the mid 90s. They invented the Dirty South rap together. Andre was part of the Outcast. I mean, we're going to call this an Outcast song, but it's not. It's an Andre 3000 solo song. It, it is effectively. Yeah. And uh, CeeLo Green was part of the Goody Mob, and they were never as big as Outcast, but they were there at the same time. They were like the two big Atlanta groups that, uh, and of course, Outcast uh, burst off into the stratosphere around the, the turn of the, the millennium. And uh, CeeLo Green. He left the band and he didn't quite take off until Nars Barkley took off. But those are two very, you know, weird guys who uh, I think eventually found out that just regular hip hop alone was kind of limiting for them. Yeah. And both these songs don't really have a genre. They're like all genres at the same time. Yeah. I was going to say real quickly, um, I don't think there's going to be a great need for a content warning in this episode. And I'll tell you why right now. I have no interest in talking about what a piece of shit CeeLo Green is other than to say we both know he is. And I don't want I don't want it to have too much bearing on the way this episode goes. Maybe that's a, 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 a limit in me that I am willing and able yeah. to set it aside, but I just don't want to think too much about the fact that CeeLo Green is not a nice guy. Yeah, that's an unfortunate thing because, uh, you know... Because he's weird and interesting, and I wish I could like him, but I sure can't. You, I mean, we're not going to go into it. He's done something. And certainly, a lot of the comments we got, like, it was 
brought up quite a bit. And that's fair. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that for the most part, uh, I usually say that that stuff has an impact and perhaps in, in, a, in some small way it has. But I tried this time to just kind of put it to the side and focus on the songs themselves and where they sort of hit in history. Well, it, it's weird because CeeLo the guy and CeeLo the artist are kind of easy to uh, separate, it it's, seems like. Yeah, I don't know why. It is versus R. I Kelly versus who's, you know, a piece of shit in his music and it is... And yet, weirdly, you know, but because I can't separate Bono from yeah. how, how irritating I find him, and then I can't separate Sting from how irritating I find him uh, from last week's episode, which yeah. was uh, the worst episode I feel that I, that we've ever recorded, just based on how grossly negative I was for for <laughs> forty five minutes straight. I've seen you be much more negative, honestly, not on the podcast. Okay. Uh, anyway, so for, for for the sake of not having two episodes of that in a row. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm setting it aside. Well, it's funny, say. like CeeLo, the artist, is, uh, he almost doesn't have a personality. Like, he's just, like, an iconic figure. He's, like, I mean, not, like, a great figure in the sense of iconic, just, like, a picture. He's a great cosplayer. Yeah, and he certainly has cosplayed a lot in his career. Yes, I think that's, you know, I don't, and that's not a, that's, that's not a slam against cosplayers. Um, yeah. That is to say that I think that that is a thing that when I think of CeeLo, I think of, you know, how much it is that he likes to put on different personas. Uh, much, you know, I think that there's probably less thought behind it than, you know, David Bowie going, you know, from being Ziggy Stardust to being the thin white duke, you know? Yeah. But I do think there is an element of that to him that he'll just pick a, a brand new thing, you know? Oh, this year I'm going to have a big parrot on my shoulder for no reason. <laughs> a thing that he did, because he's weird, because he's CeeLo Green. Yeah, well, we talk about cosplay. I, I, I've seen him in literally in cosplay outfits. Uh, you know, I, I was just doing research, and there was like a big spread about Gnarls Barkley in 2006, and they were dressed up like... Uh, Star Wars, right? He was dressed up like Darth Vader? No, that's the, at the MTV. In the, the Billboard thing, he was uh, wearing a... Alex DeLarge from Clockwork Orange. They were the, the both of them. Actually, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Moving on. So, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I mean, on Andre 3000 also, when they were going out and performing Hey All over the place, every mm -hmm. single time they went out, there was a new uh, motif. But that felt a little more like fashion mm -hmm. for the most part to me. Um, I mean, there were elements, I suppose, of a cosplay to it. But I think that CeeLo is more likely to dip into the kind of nerdy pop culture minutia. Like the, the video for Hey Ya is like the visual of that, that song. It's what comes to mind immediately. The visual of Crazy is not the music video, which is, you know, it's fine. It's the, uh, the MTV Movie Awards thing where he showed up as Darth Vader and like he had like uh, stormtroopers playing violin and everything like that. That's what you remember. Okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you a cheat then. All okay. Right. Uh, I feel like this is this is one of the metrics that we always end up talking about anyway. So I'm making an official. Uh, here's a metric that we can argue: who has the better music video? Is oh, it is it Outkast's Hey Ya, or is it this this music, this MTV? Uh, if you want to count that as the best visual representation uh, for Crazy, which one of those is better? Yeah, we we need to make this like an official like. Segment of the show, better video. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes up most of the time. Yeah. I remember being blown away when he did that performance on the interview. It was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. 
So I guess my answer is hey uh, easily hey uh, like nothing tops hey uh, like yeah it's amazing seeing that music video just uh-huh. yeah you know it's you know hey uh, is like one of those songs that's kind of hard to talk about because like the second it dropped it was n- not even a music anymore it was just a fact of life like it's interesting that you put it that way because I think that as I went back and listened to them both back to back um there was a thing that occurred to me which brings me to uh Another question that I have for you, which came out of um, a conversation that I'd had with some friends when I was down at the shore last week, um, which I feel like is another interesting way to think about song versus song as a concept, Mm -hmm. which is uh, you're on a desert island. You only get one song. Of these two songs, what's the desert island song? The way I like to think of it is like if you had to pick one that you couldn't listen to anymore, which one would you sacrifice? Oh, yeah, like because it's tricky, right? Because the thing is, I'm not I'm not sure I'd want to hear. There's no song I want to hear over and over again for the rest of my life. But if I had to lose one from my life, if I had to do that, Sophie's choice, like it's trickier because the thing is that um, Heya is more complex, but also kind of more atonal, whereas crazy. uh, The word that I used at the beginning was that it's just really smooth. And I think that that's the thing about it is that if I was going to be hearing a song a lot, mm-hmm. the Desert Island concept, it would take a lot longer for me to, to, to um, jab yeah. something sharp into my ears to escape crazy before I would want to escape Hey Ya, just because it just, I don't know, man, like it's, it's a really hey, uh, interesting song. Hey Ya has a lot of layers to it. It ha- does not give up all its secrets on the first listen. It doesn't. That's true. And I'm, you know, I'm not sure you can say that about crazy. Crazy kind of is what it is. It's the reason I also believe that it's probably covered a lot more. Because, you know, Hey Ya, as far as I know, doesn't get covered much, if at all. Because nobody else can really do it. No, no one really could, because it's all Andre 3000. And if you're not Andre 3000, like, what are you even doing touching it? Although I, I've certainly played it at parties, like, on my piano. But yeah, but you can look. As, it- as I, I feel like that's a... That's an easy one to play on the on the old acoustic guitar. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, think think about it. You know, uh, Violent Femmes, Kooks, Nelly Furtado. Uh, Jesus Christ, there's like a there's like a whole list. Uh, Maroon Five, uh, the Raconteurs. Uh, who oh, this, these are all people who Cat covered Power. Uh, this is a ton of them. All these people that have done covers of Crazy. Uh, you know, yeah. if if not in studio, then just as live performances. You know, that's a funny thing, because Gnarls Barkley, and I don't know if you ever listened to anything else they ever did. Well, they did a cover of a Violent Femmes song, didn't they? Yeah, Gone Daddy Gone. Yeah. That's why Violent Femmes did the uh, the reverse, just like the Toto Weezer thing last year. Gnarls Barkley was a, you know, a very weird, eclectic band who did not write a whole lot of pop songs. Like, you, you'd hear it, and you wouldn't think, man, that's a that's a surefire hit. They're, you know, it's like the Gorillas, like... A, Occasionally, their uh, inter- their weirdness intersects with the populace- population, but like, no, you wouldn't imagine them as like being huge pop stars, except for Crazy. And I remember this: the first time they started writing algorithms to see like what, like what would measure to be a hit, see if we could figure out what would be a hit. It immediately predicted like Crazy is going to be huge. Like these first algorithms. Like, this is going to be a humongous smash hit. And boy, was it correct. Uh, not only was it correct. So this is, all right, so here's an interesting comparison. Hey, uh, 
uh, when it hit the charts, it flew to number one and stayed there. It stayed there for like nine weeks. And when it was finally dethroned, it was dethroned by a song called The Way You Move <laughs> by a band called Outkast. Uh, so that really sort of tells you everything that you need to know about 2004 <laughs> and the state of music there. But sort of comparatively, while uh, Crazy never actually hit number one in the United States, it A, got so big in the UK that Norris Barkley was kind of embarrassed about it. Yeah. And B, uh, Rolling Stone eventually did this list of the, the 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 biggest hits of the and the most influential songs of that entire decade mm-hmm. and the number one song for all of the 2000s all of them mm-hmm. was crazy number one and i think hey i was like number 20 yeah well the, let me say you know if i were doing like the biggest songs like the biggest defining songs of the 2000s hey ya would probably be in like the top five or the top three and crazy would probably crack the top 10 Crazy's not a bad pick for that spot. But, but it's weird. It's surprising. It's not yeah. what I thought that Rolling Stone would pick. Well, you know, like, it's a... they. I read the methodology, and they polled a whole bunch of people. You know, if you're doing, like, everyone gets a vote, and we're going to rack up the total, and whoever gets the total most... I can imagine Crazy being at the top there, because it is, like, the consensus pick. It is, like, a... It probably shows up on everyone's list, Let's say. But here's the thing about that. You know, I watched a, a, a video on YouTube by a, a guy named uh, Rick Beato. Uh, mm-hmm. Name drop for, for people who listen to that guy. And if you don't, you should check him out. That's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about um, all of the copyright infringement stuff that's going on. Oh, geez, yeah. And uh, he said that uh, his theory for why it was happening so much now is that music has become oversimplified that we use these very, very simple structures, and we have been doing that for a really long time right now, mm-hmm. uh, and that it's had an impact on people, just as a matter of fact, that if you're making music, and that's the only music you're listening to, you're going to make things that all fall into a very similar pattern. Um, whether or not that means that lawsuits should be happening uh, aside, that's the theory as to why he thinks that at least there's a case to be made in a court of law. And the thing about Crazy is that it's got CeeLo Green singing, it's got the right blend of things that make it sort of stand out, mm-hmm. but structurally, it is not complex oh, at all. Very- they kind of came up with it on the fly even, didn't it? Weren't the lyrics are kind of a thing that he almost sort of improvised? Yeah, they said that it was like, and this is like such a cliche, but it was like the, the song they worked on the least was their biggest hit. And it's not a simple, uh, I mean, it's not a complicated song. It's, it's got the setup of a four quarter, you know, just the same four chords over and over again. There is like one part in a couple of verses where a, a minor chord turns into a major chord, but that's it. That is like one big difference. Now, Hey Ya is also a four chord song. Technic kind of. But, I mean, no, but, no, 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 no. I mean, in the sense that it has four chords. Yes. But it is like a structure I have never seen in any other song. And they are the f- the four chords of of pop, those the 1 the 5 the 6 and the 4, but they're arranged weird. Yeah, and it's, a, a, it's a 1 4 5 6. Well, you never see that. You never see that. And there is like one like little half measure thrown in there. Uh you know, so it's got like a little weird meter this side no four sure. Yeah. And you will never see that in any 
other pop song ever. And if you uh, and if you do, uh, Andre three thousand has every right to sue. I say because. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's, you know, again, and that was sort of what um, Rick Beato was talking about. If you go back and you look, even um, if you look at, you know, the Beatles wrote really simple songs. But if you look at the actual details of those songs, right, there is there's a real complexity, even to some of the earlier stuff that they did. Uh, And that complexity doesn't really exist quite quite the same way. Like we're more interested in playing with what instrumentation is used. Yeah. Uh, more so than what the actual chord structure is uh, in 2019. And in that way, uh, I would say, I guess, if you were going to make an argument, um, Norris Barkley is more influential on on modern pop music, whereas Hey uh, is unlike anything. You know, I don't listen to music and expect to hear another song like that, and I don't think that I ever will. No, like not only just like the basic chord structures, like the, the song structure also. You got the verses and then he goes into the the weird, okay, now ladies. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you better say yeah when I... <laughs> <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. And then it goes into the, the, the shake it like a Polaroid picture thing and then you know, what it, what it reminds me of, honestly, is uh, believe it or not, Love Shack. Because Love Shack is just the B-52 is just throwing everything at this song. That's how I feel like Hey Ya too. Like it, it feels like a tight pop song, but it just goes all over the place. Now yeah. I just, there's the cover. Now I know <laughs> who can cover Hey Ya. Oh man, that would be great. Okay, now ladies. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, has that not already happened? They're all still alive, right? Like we're we're all yeah. still there. Snyder, like, shout out to me. Like, please still be around. The members uh, who did Love Shack are all still alive. Yes, great. So they <laughs> that's the that is the band that can do the cover of Hey uh, and nobody <laughs> else. That would be amazing. You know, it's funny because I'm certain I have heard dozens of covers of Hey uh, by people on the street with a, a guitar. Oh, but well, like, that's, that's different. Not real. You can't co- really count that. Or, you know, if someone pulls out the, uh, once they finish playing Wonderwall, they will play Hey Ya, because it is an easy song to play, even though it's I, such a I, weird I, song. And I bet it sucks. <laughs> oh, no, it sucks every single time. It Actually, speaking of sucking, you know, you talk about, you know, I don't didn't see any covers of it. I, I found one. It was a parody at the beginning of the 2004 Golden Globes. Oh man, the look he just made, you uh, listeners. I, I apologize. <laughs> I was getting a beer. I, I think I sensed that something terrible was about to happen, and, and, and it was a Golden Globe themed. Uh, it's like Tom Cruise and Elton John, and <laughs> oh no, it was an atrocity, and it sounded like garbage. Like just the production and stuff, and the singers. Like you're not Andre Three Thousand. You can't be doing this. Do they ever? Yeah, you know what? Actually, I was going to say, you know, two thousand four um, worldwide grosses. You know, the number one movie was Shrek 2. Let's all be grateful. That it did not show up in Shrek 2? Because yes. it feels like it would have shown up in sure Shrek. Because it sure feels like you would have seen uh, Eddie Murphy and, and Mike Myers, you know, like, shake it like a Polaroid picture, donkey. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was terrible. I'm sorry. Can I, can I say something? You may. I, I, I got one comment in the, uh, in the comment section, and I'm not going to name this person to... to to, you know, I'm not going to do this to them, but they were like, shake it like a Polaroid picture? What does that even mean? Oh. <laughs> what it means, idiot. No. no. Uh, I mean, 
I guess yeah, it's weird because the Polaroid did kind of have a have a, a comeback around because of that song. Yeah, it was well on its way out by that point. Uh, you know, it was a great opportunity for the for the Polaroid people to uh, say those words that we all long to hear. Well, actually, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to shake it. Uh, so yeah, so a Polaroid is a, is a is a type of camera. It's a it's an instant camera. You take the photo, a little sheet comes out at the bottom, and then uh, after, after about five minutes, uh, the picture sort of develops on the on on the on the paper that's there. You're not supposed to shake it, but people do. Yeah, if it didn't do that, why did it catch on? That's something I've always been curious about. People just were trying to make it happen faster. And they we thought just, if I shake it, it'll develop more quickly. And then it just gave people something to do while they waited. Oh, like the like the closed door button on the elevator that doesn't do anything. Right. It is it is the closed door equivalent of pictures. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm surprised though that people wouldn't know what 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 that would mean just because they have hey y'all to tell them. Well, not yeah. only. That, but also Polaroid then had another really big comeback because of Lady Gaga, right? Didn't Lady Gaga have like a big Polaroid Polaroid thing? I don't don't think I'm making that up. Uh, Yeah, she she was um, very briefly the creative director, and then they parted ways in 2014, but it did happen. Yeah. Yeah, I just have such strong memories of Hey Ya dropping. I want to go back to that. Just like, because. Outcast was already the hugest thing in the universe, and then they were hyping up like this big double split album they were going to do together, which was basically two solo albums. You want to go back to that great year, two thousand four? <laughs> that year, the the year that Ken Jennings won over two and a half million dollars on Jeopardy. Uh, the year that uh, I don't know, probably something terrible happened with uh, the Howard Howard Dean screamed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, there's that. Uh, Janet Jackson. Uh, uh, her booby came out because Justin yeah. Timberlake. All and, of this uh, late yada, 2003, yada. early 2004 stuff. There you go. I'm glad that I could. Uh, yeah. Let's go Set back to that, that great time in American history. <laughs> 2004. What a great year. I remember Outcast being so big that one of the uh, Democratic uh, candidates, General Wesley Clark did a whole ad where it's like, I'm speaking to the kids, like, I support this, I believe this, and uh, I believe that outcasts are not breaking up, they're just working on s- several solo acts at the moment. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. What I, a, I a, remember what it a because weird, I, dumb thing. I remember it because I cringed out of my skin. But <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I don't know, I mean... And they won the uh, Grammys that year. And, yeah. Yeah, and Gnarls... Barkley was not so much a thing, like. But when CeeLo had his big uh, solo album in 2010, it was just like part of it was just so off of so much goodwill from uh, uh, Narls Barkley. And I remember Danger Mouse being like starting to become a thing. He's the other member of uh, Narls Barkley. Yeah, I mean, look, I re- certainly remember mm-hmm. uh, Danger Mouse being um, a th- around. A th- around and a thing that hipsters knew about. Yeah, he had a. Uh, First, he did that big remix album where he remixed uh, Jay Z's Black album into the Beatles' White album. Right, it was and the that gray was, album, wasn't it? Yes, I I never listened to it until uh, this morning. I was just out of curious, and it, it is actually pretty good. It is. I mean, I remember that happening. But yeah, that was uh, back when when the term hipster really first took prominence. Yeah. in American pop culture, uh, I definitely would say that he was on the list of things that hipsters liked. Yeah, and uh, CeeLo had like a like a tiny little uh, appearance on a big pop hit called Sugar, 
And oh, right. Sugar on my tongue. I completely forgot about that. Do you remember CeeLo was in Mystery Men? He's in Mystery Men? Yes, the entire Goody Mob is in Mystery Men. They have like a cameo. They were like one How of How the- is it that that, one of my favorite movies, <laughs> and I completely forgot or just missed, maybe never noticed that CeeLo was in it? Yeah, well, yeah, well Proz, Proz from the Fugees is in it also. The, the look on his face. What, is, what a great <laughs> excuse to rewatch a great, great American film, uh, <laughs> Mystery Men. This is what I know. Uh, Todd, God gave me a gift a shovel. <laughs> I shovel, I shovel very, very well. well. Thanks for screwing that up, Bill Macy. You <laughs> sad, sad son of a bitch. Oh, speaking of people who... I'll just remember you as the shoveler. A, wasted a lot of goodwill. Remember, I just remember him as the shoveler, and I'll remember CeeLo for crazy. Yeah. What do you think has the... Which of the two do you think has the better uh, message? The better message? Well, uh, the better lyrics, I guess. Um, The better thematic because, you know, Hey Ya is a big happy song about... Uh, well, is it? I mean, it is and it isn't, right? Yeah. You know, so, all right, let's 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 say this. What mm-hmm. do you think is the best lyric of the, from, of the, e- from each song? For Crazy, it's the part about, like, how he always wanted to go crazy, and it's the part is like, hearing your emotions at an echo. And it's like, yeah, that does, like, cra- being crazy means being able to take a break from yourself. Just to, and, you know, being... Uh, normal and being in touch with your emotions is kind of awful. Like, emotions are bad. They are all bad. Even the good ones are bad. So, yeah, we gotta stay crazy to stay sane. For, like the Seal song of the same name. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, I always related to that. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it is kind of like a Heath Ledger Joker edgelordy in its way, but... Yeah, I really like... Um know what they say it's nothing lasts forever then what makes them yeah. what makes <laughs> what makes love the exception why oh why oh why are we still in denial when we know we're not happy here is dynamite yeah that's an incredible lyric i mean when you just when you just look at it when you just read it it's mm-hmm. just sheer fucking poetry like really fucking good i don't know yeah. i don't i like to me i uh, if we're doing that and I like both songs lyrically, but mm-hmm. man, I think that that's, that's speaks to the idea of, um, you know, being crazy in and of itself means doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Does that make you crazy? Um, possibly. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that that would be my pick of of that. Yeah. It's, so it's, yeah, I think that my favorite lyric of the two of them, um, that would be it. So I, my 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 favorite stanza from one of those two songs would be that one from Hey Ya. Yeah. It, 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 in its way, it is kind of a sequel uh, to their other giant pop hit, Miss Jackson. Oh yeah. Because that one that one's about his uh, post breakup life with uh, uh, Erica Badu. Sure is Erica Badu to the to the core and to the death. I mean, there, there's a couple that made perfect sense right there. Yeah, in the and time, in the and, time, they definitely did. And a, you know, in a breakup that also pro- probably makes a little sense, makes sense because Andre three thousand. I can't even imagine being around that guy day after day. I mean, I, I imagine it must get exhausting because he is a weird guy. Yes, I also imagine that Erica Badu is probably exhausting <laughs> yeah. to be around. Um, they sound like they were probably miserable together yeah. and miserable to be around if you were friends with both of them. Uh, but that's <laughs> like a whole story. Eventually, you got to be like, Andre, put the flute away. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, yeah were, we, were you staying? Were you Jethro Tull? Get out of here. <laughs> we picked this thing, and then in the last couple of weeks, there have been reports of Andre 3000 just showing up with a <laughs> flute this in random right. places in Atlanta. Just living his best life. <laughs> living his, just living his best flautist life. Oh my goodness, wait a minute. He's yeah. showing up with a flute? You know what that means. It's time for him to link up with motherfucking Lizzo. It is. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> That's it, dude. Where is, if that doesn't happen... This podcast is a powerful force for good. Yeah. And so I, I, say, bet, I, I, say, I, I say to both Lizzo and Andre 3000, who I know are both listeners, mm-hmm. it's time to get your shit together and do a duet. A flute duet. A flute off? Yeah. Dueling flutes? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I would totally watch that. And I would... To- you were trying not to talk about CeeLo and, like, awful things he said, but, like... There is like some residual goodwill that we have for Andre three thousand that we well, just... and that's the, and that's the difference, right? But I don't yeah. need to, I don't need to say that CeeLo has done some unseemly things and his you know like he yeah. said some shitty homophobic stuff that that makes me pretty angry. But I just I don't know, man. It's twenty nineteen. I just can't get it up to be mad at CeeLo. He's just kind of off now. Like it's over. Yeah. He said the shit that he. I was, was glad say. that I was glad he was here when he was here. Yeah, right. and it's like, I don't, you know, he's not, I don't see him on TV every day saying he's going to buy Greenland, so I'm not too worried. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just, I don't care. Uh, like, when he was when he was on, he was on, and he was, like, weird in the, the best ways. He'd show up as Darth Vader or Elton John or whatever. He was he turned out to be depressingly normal. In a, really enjoyed really- watching him on NBC's The Voice. <laughs> he was a judge. And I, you know, there, I got some comments in there saying that you know they that they didn't like CeeLo's singing voice. I love CeeLo's singing voice. Oh, it's like, amazing. I mean, yeah. Personally, personally, I mean, you know, it's yeah. subjective. But uh, what are people saying? I, I, you know, I'm starting to formulate my my updated opinion on these two songs. Not that we've talked about them for a little while, but All I right. would like to hear what um, what the listeners have had to say because I, I I I can't really formulate a final opinion until they have weighed in. Uh, someone says. Uh, gonna vote crazy just because it wasn't as overplayed as Hey Ya, and also I'm spite voting a little because I don't like that Hey Ya is the only Andre 3000 song that most white youths know. Wow, that's not true. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think I think Miss Jackson is still pretty well known among everybody. Yeah, I look. I'll say this uh, again, in, in case you missed it the first time. The song that replaced Hey Ya at number <laughs> one that year was. The Way You Move by Outkast. So at the very least, the white youth of America well, that's know not, three songs. That's you know, that's not an Andre three thousand song though. I know, but still. Like it's but it's still an out it's it's an outcast song though, technically. I mean like however split they may have already been yeah. at the time, the fact of the matter is You know you know it's a funny thing. I, I remember reading a, a critic say at the time, he's like that uh Hey Ya is funky, but it's like white nerd funky like the talking heads and i remember a lot of people getting angry at him was like that's not an insult like i don't compare people to the talking heads as a bad thing i mean that's yeah well it's it's, it's, it's it's also it's also uh yeah it's kind of like a a a snake eating its own tail you know i mean the the fact of the matter is that um really um no uh white artist exists in the rock and roll space in any way whatsoever without black people you know existing period so that's that uh, you know, so whatever influence that maybe Andre may have took from those artists, the thing is that they then yeah, in I turn think, were taking influence from black artists previously. So yeah, that's just a, that's a, that's a two way street. I think he said he was listening to a lot of the Ramones at the time, trying to 
uh, write that particular song. And uh, it's a funny, you know, it's a it's a very kind of silly funkiness to it because I remember dancing to this song in my dorm with my friends. I was looking at how we dance. I was like, we look like the Peanuts characters in the way we dance to this. And that then sounds, that sounds great. And like not like a week or two later, there was like a viral video on E-Bombs World, which was the YouTube of its time. Yes, of, it was. Good grief. Good grief. It was and it was of the it was just hey y'all overlaid over the charlie brown christmas dancing and it worked perfectly it was like that is the that dancing really, that really recommends hey to me that just makes yeah. me think that hey is great those those silly back and forth three animation frames dancing that is the correct way to dance to it oh on a similar note hey ya okay the the first comment was from caitlin brissy just wanted to name names okay this one comes from the uh commenter Timber, who says, Hey Ya has the same tempo as the music Pennywise dances to, and you can never unknow this. And they included a clip of Pennywise dancing in the last It movie. Thank you, Timber. And also, <laughs> fuck you, Timber. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> That's awful. I don't want to know that. But what you, you're imagining in your head now, you don't even have to see the clip they sent. No, I don't. <laughs> and I never will. Before I forget, I wanted to mention this. Uh, Chris Rock made a, a parody of Hey Ya that never got released because it is not very good. But uh, it was called Crackers. And uh, that's, uh, you know, that's all you really need to know about it. I was about to say, please don't go on. Yeah, that's all you really need to know about it. Uh, Simone K.O. writes... I'm sorry, but nothing can beat Andre 3000 going, all right, all right, all right, all right, for four hours. Thank you, Simone K.O. You're correct. I, I'm assuming there is like a clip of that on YouTube as well. Probably. That seems right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Kickboy Face. Somebody. <laughs> and Kickboy Face writes, I had a Barbie hit mix, which is like Kids Bop, but Barbie branded. Uh, I had a Barbie hit mix CD as a child with Hey Ya on it, and I think the fact that Barbie deemed it good enough to be the only song sung by a male on the CD says it all. I don't know what that says at, at all. It says that uh, somebody within the record label made a weird deal. Yeah. That's it. That's all it says. You know, just, just I mean, the Polaroid thing, because they made a, a deal with Polaroid where he would hold yeah. up like Polaroid cameras at certain appearances, and that's, at least, that makes sense. The Barbie thing it makes me really want to know who was who was behind the scenes trying to to raise up money and 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 have visibility and 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 give Andre three thousand good brand recognition that he, that they were like Barbie. That's where it's at. I don't know. Like I, I assume like it'd be weird for uh, Barbie to sing a song about that. It's so ambivalent about love, but it's weird for any. Barbie brand anything for to have that song in particular, even though it's you know it's a bright happy song you can sing to little kids. And uh, one just a thoughtful comment here. It says from Ian Herman. It says like, "Hey ya" is a deeply unsettling song as it starts out with the singer telling you his dysfunctional relationship and then starts doing a normal pop song. It's exactly what people with real issues do. They almost never talk about them, and when they do, they cover it with protective irony. So "Hey ya" has a certain humanity that "Crazy" does not. Thank you for that comment, and I, I like it. I like yeah, that's the, a, you I like know, that's the, a good I like the cut of your comment. jib. You know, and for what it's worth, I did read a couple comments in there that I didn't write down, but that said the opposite. Like, 
the irony was just like too hipster for it and crazy is more sincere about what it is about uh being crazy eh, i don't think it is okay, okay so, so <clears throat> let me ask you this mm-hmm. before we reveal the votes having sat down and talked about this for a while listened to what folks had to say uh thought about shrek 2 mm-hmm. do you still think that of these two songs crazy is the better one or has your vote switched you know, I didn't write this down from the comments, but there were a whole ton of comments about it. Hey, yeah, is overplayed, and it's taken its toll on me. I'm still going with crazy. I'm still sticking with hey, yeah. And, you know, keep in mind, I think both these songs are 10 out of 10. So, like, okay. What are the results of the of the poll? All right. Well, let me let me tell you. What do you think? And by how much? Oh, I actually don't know. My suspicion is that it's... A dead heat, though. I think I think it's really tight. All right. Well, the answer is with a total of three ten to one sixty six. What? A sixty five to thirty five split. Hey, ya uh, is the champion of this poll. I'm shocked. I really thought that was going to be tighter. I am honestly. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't more of a blowout. Oh. I think if it had been any other song but Crazy, it would have been a blowout. Honestly. Oh, I thought it was going to be very very tight. I just think that. Uh, yeah. Crazy is a song that has had such legs, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say that Heya has been forgotten because obviously not. But yeah. I don't think it gets the kind of airplay that Crazy continues to have. And uh, and as always, actually, we didn't talk about this, but um, what do you think is the more karaoke tune? Which is the one that gets played oh, at karaoke? Like you, could, uh, you know, I spend all my time at the karaoke bar. Heya comes up all the time. Wow, I'm surprised uh, by that. Well, it's hard to sing Crazy. That's the problem. He's yeah. a, I, can't, I can't do CeeLo's voice. He's, he's way out of my range. Crazy, crazy, for, baby. Oh, sorry. No. For what it's worth, Seal's crazy is like one of my go-tos. Now, wow, we're uncovering some interesting Todd in the Shadows truths Yeah, here on Song vs. Song. Not enough people remember Seal's crazy. That's a good song. All right. All right, so the, you know, there we are. Uh, hey, Eyes, our champion. And uh, next week... And uh, you've been really pushing for this one. I'm still a little skeptical. Oh, man. I, I, I almost feel like we should should save it. Uh, but this is interesting. You can, you can say what it is, and then you'll, I'll, I'll explain why it is that I could have done it uh, a little bit later. Because it will tie up with something that I think we're going to do in a couple of months. I'm still not convinced that's going to see the light of day. But here we are. We're going to do You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette versus Criminal by Fiona Apple. Yes, this is the pairing that I have been excited about for several episodes that we kept pushing off. And one of the reasons why it has gotten pushed off uh, is that we do, so we do these uh, Patreon exclusives uh, wherein we review movies and such. Mm -hmm. And a thing that we're going to be expanding upon uh, is that instead of just doing movies that have uh, music as a prevalent aspect of them, because eventually we're going to run out of those, Mm -hmm. is that, uh, you know, we're in New York City. So we're going to take on the jukebox musical, I think. Uh, yeah, there's, to, apparently, to there's apparently an Alanis Morissette musical coming up, up, up the pike. Yep, it's got, I, believe it is, I believe it is coming out in October or November. Uh, it's going to start being in previews. It is called Jagged Little Pill. and uh, We will definitely report to you on that. Yes, uh, we're going to go in. I predict that we will see it in previews because I do think it will come out, but I think it is going to be up and down. I yeah. don't think it's going to last very long, and I would love to see it uh, in its early incarnations before it's finalized. I want to know that weird state 
as they try to, you know, quote, figure it out. But yeah, I don't think it'll last long, but, but we will talk about it. And uh, and if you are not a patron already, this is a great opportunity to get on board because we've done quite a few of these patron-exclusive episodes. We have one that's going to be dropping very soon. Or like simultaneously with this one or something like that. Yeah, uh, which is about uh, a based on a true story movie called Blinded by the Light, which is about a young Pakistani kid in the 1980s uh, dealing with uh, Nazis... In the UK. In the UK, uh, and dealing with that uh, by falling in love with the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, so if you want to hear what we thought about that movie, uh, it only costs you a dollar to support us on Patreon. dollar a month, that's all you need. Uh, which is not too shabby. Uh, so, And to those that are already doing that, thank you very much. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if you got more than a dollar to give a month, uh, I'll tell you what, Broadway tickets aren't cheap. So uh, <laughs> if you can afford to give a little bit more, um, so much the better, and we'd be very grateful for it. But it only costs you a dollar to get those uh, that that third extra episode every month. So uh, thank you for those that are already supporting. And uh, if you're on the fence, man, Bruce Springsteen and Alanis Morissette. I don't know what else to say to you. <laughs> if those aren't huge endorsements for the patron exclusive episodes, I don't know what is. All right, catch you later. See you next time. Mm-hmm.